Hey there, welcome to the Holden Baptist Podcast for Father's Day 2017. We'll have Bill Tucker speaking today with his uh, Father's Day message. Quite a message. You don't want to miss it. Afterwards, check out our website, HoughtonBaptist.org. A lot of information there about the church and things that we do at the church. If you're looking for a church, not sure what church is quite all about, stop by Houghton Baptist. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Come as you are. We do. Enjoy the podcast and have a great day. We are blessed. We are blessed. Um, I didn't anticipate this or I'd have brought a towel. Uh, well, maybe the roof was leaking over my head. I don't know. Um, if I take these off, I won't be nearly as frightened. Good morning and obviously happy Father's Day. Uh, you know, uh, it's no coincidence we're here, even though it's raining out again. And and I, well, you know, there's some Christians somewhere have been praying for rain. It just they don't specific about where, you know. Uh, I've often thought if we would number off one, two, one, two, one, two, and take turns, this might work out better. But uh, I haven't been able to pull it off. But uh, anyway, I'm really humbled to be here today and, and uh, speak to you on Father's Day. Um, and I think God's got some truth for us today, and I'd just like to share it with you. And so let's start and clear the deck here. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we have the freedom to gather worship here today. As we look at your word, may the Holy Spirit fill us so that your supernatural truth will sink into our souls and become a part of our everyday lives, not just when we're sitting in here. Amen. Uh, You know, when I look out here this morning, in addition to all you beautiful ladies, I had three of them sitting right behind me just singing like angels. That's, that's their fault, I'm crying. And then my wife right next to me does the same thing. Sometimes it's with an elbow to the ribs. But, but in either case, uh, we, are, we are blessed to be, be able to do this and have this freedom. And I see a lot of fathers here today along with their significant others. And, and maybe you're here for the first time and welcome if you are. We'll try to be as welcoming to you as we can. But I think I, I want our fathers to understand something today. I'm going to challenge you all here in a little bit, but I, you, you've got to keep this in perspective. Uh, we honor you. <laughs> My own father who's with the Lord, I honor him. Cindy's dad who's with the Lord, I honor him. You know, it's not easy today to be a dad. Our culture has pretty well beaten us up to the point where sometimes we don't even know what the right thing to do is anymore. But I'll tell you what I found out after learning a lot of things the hardest possible way. The word is true, and we can go there and find out what the real deal is about being a dad. Um, I think our Father created us. I know He did tells us this, for great things and great responsibilities and great blessings. But as we kind of get wrapped up in our lives, sometimes we drift 
Um, and yeah, that's usually due to some distractions we've allowed to creep in that seem really important at the time. And then sometimes we're just plain blown off course by a major storm, an unexpected illness, a death, maybe major financial difficulties, any one of a number of things. And, and when it happens, Christian, and I've been one a long time, saying, Dad, where are you? Where are you in the midst of these troubles? Where are you when one of your kids calls you from around the world and and they're in a country where Ramadan is a big deal and they're under attack, not physically yet, hopefully not, but it's pretty bad. And she doesn't know what to do. But where are you? But in Hebrews 13.5, what does the word have to say to us, dads? I will never leave you nor forsake you. There's times you just got to hold on to that. Just hold on. Uh, as little boys, I think we all wanted to grow up to be a man. And, and of course, the men in our lives were supposed to be our trainers. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's not. And in Proverbs 22, it says, direct your children into the right path, and when they're older, they will not leave it. And I know there's folks in this congregation whose children have left the path. Probably breaks your heart. Uh, if it ever happened to me, it would break mine. But as adults, you know, they've got the same free will that God gave you and I to make choices and decisions. And you just hope they, they make enough good ones, and they never forget that he has never left them nor forsaken them. My own father grew up, he was the second of four brothers. He grew up during the Depression. Uh, a lot of youngsters here probably wonder what that's all about. It's not pills and stuff, no. It was a oh, 10, 15 year period in our history where economically things were really, really bad. And then kind of ended because the Second World War started and that pulled us out of it. But during those years, there were a lot of folks that didn't have very much. They lived very, very tough lives. They struggled to survive every day. And survive they did, uh, because really what choice did they have? They just had to deal with it. Um, my dad rarely talked about those things as I was growing up. Um, he was a great provider. I can say that about my dad, and I know my dad loved us all. But between that experience growing up, where I suspect his father wasn't able to do much for him, uh, and then seven years in the Marine Corps, well, it said seven years on the paper, but I don't think you ever get out of the Marine Corps if anybody's here that's in or was in the Marine Corps. And, I, and then part of that was in World War II. He went to Guadalcanal, he got blown up, had shrapnel in his body, and never talked about any of that stuff. Barely, barely could pry that out of him. And I think it's because it was painful. He, he'd lived it once, he'd hurt once, and boy, I thought, I'm determined not to have to deal with that all over again. And I think sometimes we do the same thing with our hurts and pains, and we've got to remember we've got a Father who will never leave nor forsake us, and He's ready to help us with that stuff, because if we don't get help with it, we're going to let it run our lives. But once my daughter Meredith, who's, who's the missionary and who called in tears yesterday, Please pray for them. 
she was about seven years old, and she had an assignment from 4-H. And I don't remember the name of the assignment, except that it had to do with interviewing your grandparents and ask them a bunch of questions about how their life was. What, what, did, what was their favorite food? What was their favorite movie? I remember my dad telling her that Tom Mix was his favorite movie star. And if anybody else here knows who that is, you're, you're getting up there. <laughs> uh, and anyway, the, the thing was kind of scripted from 4-H to help these kids have an idea what to ask. And my daughter was just wanting to get her assignment done. So she's hurrying through these questions with her Fisher-Price tape recorder. And I'm sitting there saying, let him answer, let him talk, let him talk. Because he's telling stuff I had never heard. I had never, ever heard this stuff. But he was telling her. And he talked about, in the Depression, growing up, and his dad was one of the lucky ones. His dad had a job on the cable car company. And uh, it wasn't much, but it was something. And each day, his, his dad would stop at a store and bring home some food so that they'd have something to eat. And then he would eat the scraps. The older I get, the more understanding and the more slack I'm willing to cut those that came before who I thought were way too hard because I didn't have a clue what they went through. And you know what? If you're here today and you're fairly young, you've got some fathers and grandfathers in your life, you don't know what they went through either. You need to find that out. The lessons of his youth... I'm absolutely convinced, drove him to be that good provider I was talking about. He was determined we would not have to deal with what he had to deal with growing up. But emotionally, he was pretty locked up. Between that and the Marine Corps and everything he'd seen as a young man, um, my dad was not really terribly demonstrative, probably till the last few years of his life. Um, and who did I learn that from? You know, that's what I learned. Your men are just supposed to be stoic. No, definitely don't shed tears in front of a bunch of people. Uh, and like a lot of you guys, myself, my sisters, my brother, we just were left to kind of figure some things out for ourselves. And I don't know how you all did. I didn't do so well at that. Um, but I, I now know so much more. And I surely don't stand in judgment of those who have come before, because you don't, you really don't get to learn this stuff except by doing it. I mean, you can watch a parent or a grandparent, admire them. Maybe you do learn a few things. But until you're right in the fire and you're holding a sick kid at night or run into an emergency room or, or as in our case, we lost one at five. Until you go through that stuff, you just really don't know. You just don't understand. So... But I've come through that and I understand something now, and that is that all fathers of this or any generation have a primary responsibility to direct our children and train our children onto the right path. In fact, I had this told to me by a gentleman who I worked with for a few years, and at first I thought he was crazy, and then more I thought about it, and today he's absolutely right. For a good many years, when our children are young, you dads are God. You are God to those kids. You're the provider. You're the one they go to with problems. You're the one that seems to have all the answers. You're God. And the second part of what you're supposed to do to get them on the right path is when they're old enough to understand, you say, no, no, no. 
He's God. <laughs> wow, no pressure there, huh, guys? You get to be God for a while. And needless to say, you know what? Many of us have sure messed this one up. Cindy and I have three kids. Matthew, who is in eternity now, waiting, and I can't wait to see him. And Leanne and Meredith. And those kids have been just the, the greatest blessing you could possibly imagine. Even though I made as, about as many mistakes as a dad as you can make, I made them. And now we have just this superb relationship. And I've got nine grandchildren, which to me is just like God giving you another chance to get it right. And I have to stop just for a minute. You remain seated, don't panic. I'm going to take this off. I'm not real comfortable. And I never intend to tie a tie ever again. <laughs> so that one works pretty cool. Andrew showed me his a couple weeks ago. I'm not going to take my pants off, so don't panic. <laughs> if David's listening to this, he's, he's probably getting in the car to run down here right this moment. <laughs> what is that guy doing? Hang on just a second. I didn't get to practice this part. I got, I got a t-shirt on here. I'm going to get you all about it. This is all their little hands on here, with all my nine grandchildren. And uh, five of them I get to see. In about two weeks, they'll be up here. So if you see smoke and Ontonagan, it's us. <laughs> but my older daughter, Leanne, called me this morning, wished me Happy Father's Day. And she shared a story. She said, Dad, Thad might not like this, but you go ahead and tell if you want. So I will. Thad, one of my grandsons, uh, seven now, 77. Awesome seven-year-old grandson. Anyway, he asked mom, they got a new puppy. Mom, dog needs to go. Can I take him out? They've got a real big yard, nice yard. And my daughter said, sure, Thad, you take him out. So he gets the leash, takes the dog out. And my daughter Leanne says, I looked out the window because they were out there a while. And what do I see? There's Thad and, what's that? Zeke. Thad and Zeke peeing on the same tree at the same time. (laughs) Chip off the old block, right? I, I don't know who's training who, but but I'm telling you, grandchildren are the way to go. If uh, I've, I've said this a few times, I know it makes no sense. If I had only known, I'd have had them first. But but anyway, when our when our own kids grew up and left the nest, God then gave Cindy and I another family, so I get to be a father all over again. And for oh about a decade, we moved to Plainview, Arkansas. I've never understood the plain part because it was anything but plain. It was in the mountains. It was beautiful. And anyway, we ended up ministering and being house parents to 17, what they call, at-risk teenage girls. And if you're a teenage girl, you are at-risk, period. Don't, don't. <laughs> you are. With that experience, it enriched our lives, but it challenged us in ways that we had no clue. Um, does the word drama mean anything here? Oh, gosh, did it? We had some drama at that place, as we'd never experienced it before, because, you know, we went into this thinking, you know, God's with us, and, and we had two daughters, how tough could this be? Well, we, we'll have a whole other day to talk about that one, because there's all kinds of stuff I could share with you. But I do want to share one quick story about our time there. 
Uh, on the ranch, uh, we always had opportunities to minister to the kids during the inevitable conflicts, when they would get to scrapping about something. It always was a teaching opportunity. So it got to a point where we weren't trying to avoid that. We were just waiting for it to happen to give us a chance. And one day we had one of those conflicts. I don't even remember what it was about. I'm sure it had to do with world peace. <laughs> but it may have just been somebody took somebody else's mascara or something, you know, with, with, with this drama thing with these girls. I think it was something like the latter. Or somebody looked at some boy that they weren't supposed to look at because the other one liked them. Or, you know how that is. But we would gather the kids in our great room of this home and have what came to be known as coming to Jesus meetings. <laughs> Down there it's becoming a Jesus meeting. And we'd have these meetings and we'd kind of hash things over and talk it over and try to bring some resolution to it. And again, I don't remember what caused this one, but at some point, I'm absolutely convinced to this day, God grabbed my vocal cords because I would never be smart enough to say this. I said to these girls, look, Miss Cindy and I didn't come down here to fight with you. We came down here to fight for you. Uh, two of the girls began to weep and had to leave the room. And I thought, oh gosh, what did I do now? Well, when they were able to come back and speak to us, they told us, Mr. Bill and Miss Cindy, nobody fought for us. That's why they were there. Some of the very people that were supposed to protect and train them had abused them terribly. And no one had fought for them. At least that's how they felt. They had begged God at times. And, you know, Father, where are you? God, Dad, where are you at? You know? And they just felt like no one had fought for them. Well, we shed a few tears that day. And... Uh, those kids still stay in contact with us to this day. Cindy gets them on Facebook all the time. And again, I, I'm not smart enough to think of something like that, but what a valuable lesson for a father. One of your jobs, good, bad, or otherwise, is to fight for those kids. And if you've got daughters, you've got to fight for your daughters. They'll, they'll forgive you later for being such a jerk. I know because mine did. Okay. Uh, I, made it, I made it so easy for my kids, and I got this from my dad, so it was one thing it was successful at. When it came time for the parties and boyfriends and all that, I'd say, just tell them your dad said no. Because I didn't mind. I slept just fine. And they could take the heat off them because it was all on me. And I didn't care if the rest of them kids looked at me like I was crazy. Because I knew who really was crazy. It was them. But the point is, dads, you've got to protect your kids. Your sons and your daughters. Okay, that's, that's so critical. And even if you're not real good at it, they will never forget that you were trying to do it. They will never forget that. They will never. <laughs> I know some 15, 20 years later, mine never ceased to tell me that, that very thing. And dads, <clears throat> it's never, never Never too late to reach out, reconcile, and to seek forgiveness from your children. And from this day forward, to agree to fight for them. When I talked to mine about 10 or 15 years ago, and as much serious as I could muster after I figured out how badly I had screwed up all their lives, because I was arrogant enough to think I'd done most of it right, but I was wrong. They forgave me. 
forgave me. That was one of the greatest days of my life. And I want you to have the same thing. And you know what? Jesus went to the cross and died, so that opportunity's there. Don't let another day go by without doing that. Take advantage of that. Now, lest I give you the wrong impression today, I didn't come here to beat up on fathers. I know it seems that way. Just the opposite. But because of things in the past, we can be held hostage to that, but only if we allow it. Only if we allow it. We can change that. It doesn't have to be that way anymore. We can stick this thing called pride aside. You might find out you can make some progress on a lot of things. God has given each generation of fathers, including our generation, we're not exempt, the instructions, the Word of God, and the power, the parakletos in the Greek, or the Holy Spirit, the mentor, the helper that Jesus promised us. In order that we might be the men and fathers we want and need to be. Men, we're fools if we ignore those instructions. And I don't want to hear any ladies snickering just in case your husband has ignored instructions before. We can't help it. That's what we do. Uh, I don't need them. I get this. Don't need that map. Yeah, right. But when we ignore the instructions and then even make it worse by trying to operate daily under our own power, you know, be a man's man and all that nonsense, because that's what it is, we're, we're fools. God couldn't be more clear when he tells us, apart from me, you can do nothing. But with God, all things are possible, including a better relationship with your kids, being a better parent. So now... Now that the beating's over, how do we get there? What do we do? All right. Actually, you guys are pretty good at what needs to be done. You just don't, you don't use it in the right places. All right. We Uper men were widely known, you know, throughout the world, and admired for our fellowship with each other while we're hunting and fishing and playing golf, riding snow machines or ATVs. And all these activities are good things. They're not bad things. I'm not telling you to give them up. They're good, good things. And I'm even going to stick my neck out here. God wants you to enjoy them, all right? But never at the expense of your relationship with Him. In Matthew 6, 33, He says, Seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added unto you. So if we put the priority where it belongs, you're going to have it all anyway. So why wouldn't you do it God's way? God wants us to have it all, he just said. But we've got to be far more intentional with our walk with him. We plan hunting season well in advance. We stock up the camp well in advance. We need to be paying attention to the Lord well in advance before the trouble hits. Um, he'll still want to talk to you if you wait till the last minute. He's good that way. I think, I think that might be one of the reasons uh, or definitions of grace. But if we're going to become the wise men we need to be, you ought to learn a lesson or two somewhere along the way and not have to go back to square one all the time. Okay? So in practice, you know, we need to be more intentional. The second thing is we need to avoid isolation. Now, again, we're good with the hunting, fishing thing, guys being guys and all that stuff. 
But when was the last time you sat down and prayed with one of your brothers? Or maybe studied the Word with one of your brothers? I think that's equally important, or maybe more so. What do you think? We need to use the same determination and passion in our relationship with our God that we will use chasing that 30-point buck on November 15th. We need to pursue the fellowship that comes with praying, studying, and taking collective action in a community. Uh, I know this, this church has been very active with, uh, uh, what's the organization? Loving, where you guys help people move stuff and, and all that, and that's awesome. That is awesome. And hopefully that's going to get revived here, and, and we, can, we can all work on that again. Those are the kind of things men can do to, to keep their fellowship with each other strong and to keep their relationship with their God strong. Because that's where everything else flows from. And you know, if we do that, none of our children have to go to bed at night saying, Daddy, where are you? You know? If we, if we just do those simple things, they won't ask that question. So I'll close now. Uh, we're not praying yet, but fathers... If you are here today without Christ, it's time to fix it. We like to fix stuff. Well, today's the day. Let's fix it. Jesus, as he hung on that cross and bore all of our sins, past, present, and future, all of those were judged so that you'd have the freedom to make a choice today to be a part of that family, to have your relationship restored with God the Father through the Son's work on that cross. And I'm telling you, don't, don't waste this chance if that's where you're at today. None of us guaranteed another minute. We walk out of here and drop dead in the parking lot. Um, and it's really pretty simple. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. We express faith to God the Father. If you want somebody to walk you through something later with prayer, talk to one of us men. We'll be glad to do that with you. But don't, don't waste this day. Or maybe... You, you've met Jesus and have a relationship with God, but it's kind of been on the back burner, and you're what the Scriptures would talk about and call a prodigal son or daughter. And if that's where you're at today, know that your God has been watching for you for a long, long time and waiting for you to come home. And that you can do today. Why would you not want that? He wants that. He wants it all for you, but he wants that relationship first. So with that, I just would like to close with prayer and have you consider those things. And uh, Again, I want to thank our, our folks that do all the music up here. You're awesome. Just, uh, we're so blessed. And we will be asked to and required to fight for this if we want to keep it going. So men, are you up for that battle? Let's pray. Oh, Father of fathers, mighty king, great warrior, Abba, daddy, may every father leave here today both respected and honored, but most of all encouraged to raise their own fatherhood to a new level. And may we at this church, Houghton Baptist Church, be about the business of the training and equipping great, great fathers. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope the message spoke to you. If you haven't been to our church, come and check us out. We're on Sharon Avenue in Houghton. You can take a look at our webpage, HoughtonBaptist.org, get more information about our location and some of the things going on in the church. Also, check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Lots of activity there. Houghton Baptist, the truth is spoken here. Come as you are, we do. Come and check us out every Sunday, 10 a.m. Be there. Thanks for stopping by and have a great day.